I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, July 25th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, I've got a really interesting FOD fact of the day for you today. So Google did some research, and they found that 40% of Gen Zers who say they prefer to use TikTok or Instagram to search for things as opposed to Google Search or Maps. And this is a real wake-up call for me, as you know, I'm sure many of our millennial listeners know, Google has been kind of the de facto search platform for us. The other interesting trend that I've been seeing about how Gen Zers use the internet is that they use photos for messaging instead of text messages. So instead of sending a text message to someone, they'll send a photo with some text on it, and that's how they communicate. I think this is all just a real wake-up call for us, us millennials, that Gen Z, they're using the internet in an entirely different way than us. And it really shows why some tech companies and some social platforms are really succeeding right now and why others are struggling, which we'll talk about later on in this episode. But it also presents some opportunity. I just find this whole thing really interesting. thought it was a really neat FOD fact of the day. And we've got a great bunch of stories for you today as well. So for our first story, Doll E2 is becoming more widely available. For our second story, Snap is struggling. And for our last story, Ukraine and Russia agree on a deal to keep the grain moving. Now for our first story, Doll E2, the image AI image generator that took the internet by storm after gifting us photos like raccoon playing tennis and medieval pizza festival. I encourage you, by the way, to search for these images and you'll see what Doll E2 has spun up for them. This platform is now becoming more widely available. So if you haven't seen the Doll E2 pictures on Twitter, Here's what you need to know to get caught up. So Doll E2 was launched by OpenAI this past April. And what it does is it uses AI trained on 650 million web sources to edit images or generate them from a simple user prompt. And so you can go to Doll E2 and you can type in monkey eating an Xbox and it will spin up a picture of a monkey eating an Xbox. And it's pretty neat. It looks like a picture of a monkey eating an Xbox that somebody may have drawn or generated on a computer and it uses AI to produce all of this, it was definitely worth a try if you haven't used it yet. And you actually might be able to very soon. So previously, anyone was free to join the waitlist for this sci-fi tech, but access was only granted to researchers, developers, artists, content creators, and journalists. But now the door is open. Those with access can also use the AI generated images in commercial projects like selling artwork instead of just for research or non-monetizable artistic expression. But The whole thing is creating a ton of legal uncertainty since the technology makes it easy to create and sell content that might be copyrighted as evidenced by how many doll E2 users love putting Homer Simpson in straight situations. But by basically making copyright infringement easy, doll E2 could start generating litigation as frequently as it generates those really cool and weird pics that people are using to create. Now, one IP expert told TechCrunch that rights holders could potentially ask to collect licensing fees for images OpenAI uses to train their systems. And here's why you should care, Pete Pels. As OpenAI tries to ramp up access to its technology, there are still lots of questions about the ethics of image generation technology, especially in an internet world already overrun by so many fake things passing for the real. For a second story, crashing digital ad revenue across the board, it's got us thinking. Will billboards embrace the moment? Maybe the Peak Daily. Well, maybe not billboards, but definitely the Peak Daily. But what about that new hit app, Be Real? Well, look, there's a real gap to be filled because Snap shares fell 39% yesterday after the company reported lackluster growth and revenue results, despite an increase in daily active users of 18% to 347 million. Now, Snap 
CEO Evan Spiegel said user growth alone was not enough and that Snap's financial results for the second quarter do not reflect the company's ambition. Now, social media companies are feeling the impact of rising inflation, a slowing economy, and this is important, Apple's relatively new privacy feature that have made it more difficult to target advertising. Dips in advertising spending couldn't come at a worse time as competition from other platforms, TikTok mostly, for younger audiences increased. We talked about that at the top of this episode. Now, JP Morgan analyst Doug Anmuth wrote, TikTok's strong engagement and rapid monetization growth are having an outsized impact on Snap's business. But here's the bigger theme at play here. Snap's performance as of late has set off distress signals for the social media industry at large, which means you can expect competition for your attention to heat up and fast. Just this week, Meta announced a round of TikTok-like feed updates. Now, similarly, Twitter saw its revenue decline for the first time since 2020 after struggling to attract advertisers and push through a deal with a certain famous billionaire. We've talked about it before many times. Now, U.S. social media companies saw about $80 billion wiped from market value yesterday, with Meta, Alphabet, and Pinterest falling 7%, 6%, and 14% respectively. And for our last story, Ukraine and Russia signed an agreement to reopen three Ukrainian ports in an attempt to avoid plunging the globe into a catastrophic food crisis. I know there's a lot of bad news out there lately, but this is actually like a really positive update, and so let's dig in. Ukraine's Black Sea ports have been blocked by Russia's military since the war began, halting 90% of Ukrainian grain exports and causing prices to skyrocket. Now, the agreement brokered by Turkey, perhaps the only country friendly with both Russia and Ukraine, will restore shipments to their pre-war capacity. Ukraine's ports are expected to be fully operational within a few weeks and will stay that way for at least 120 days before the deal is up for renewal. Ukraine's ships will be closely monitored by a base in Istanbul and granted safe passage on their way to Turkey's Bosphorus Strait before setting sail for global markets. Ukraine is responsible for 10% of the world's wheat and, in conjunction with Russia, 12% of all calories exported. Now, shuttered ports have had an outsized impact on global hunger. In the past two years, the number of food insecure people has more than doubled. And this is a really big deal. And here's why it is. The UN Secretary General said last month that there is no effective solution to the global food crisis without reintegrating Ukraine's food production. So like I said, some good news coming to us from that part of the world. The first good news in, in a while. People, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And we'll see you tomorrow.